it's over, 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 I mean, these are the things that I think about. Attention, ladies and gentlemen. It's so real. Welcome, welcome. It's a beautiful morning, afternoon, wherever you may be. You are here with Rocky and my boy O. And today we got something for you. We got something for you. If you don't know about It's So Real, let me just tell you a little bit before we really get into it. Tell them about it. Tell them about it. (laughs) It's So Real is a podcast that celebrates our blackness, is real about our challenges, and discusses everything, and I do mean everything, Everything. in between, okay? And today's podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is about none other than the black man and the black woman. Okay, and the reason I wanted to do our first official podcast on this topic is because, you know, I've studied radio, I've thought about having my own talk show for a minute now, but it's like I've been in partnership with other women. And, you know, women, we we agree a lot. Sometimes we have different perspectives between us, but there's a real difference in perspective when it comes from a black man and a black woman. And I feel in order to really help black America, we need to discuss these perspectives. Um, like if we're going to get down to fixing communities and everything else like that, I think it is important for us to address just communication between black men and black women and how it can be a healthy thing, even in disagreement, even in in arguments, like it shouldn't be like the end of a connection just because there are some disagreements between us. Um, that's, I mean, that's like long, deep-seated history of dividing and conquering, especially amongst mm-hmm. uh, the black man and the black woman. So, you know, we're trying to dead that and, and show you what an actual positive conversation could look like, whether they're agreements or disagreements or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while you're talking about the divide and conquer topic, that's the main thing. So first, before we go into slavery, because, you know, as African-Americans, black Americans... Mm-hmm. However you want to identify yourself, that will be the next podcast. But anyways, (laughs) um, uh, beginning in America, our history here in this country began with slavery, okay? But before we start there and of our journey in this country and how our roles and perspectives are different than some of the others in the diaspora, we have to talk about what it was like on the continent before we came here. So I didn't really think about this until... Um, my supervisor said it one day and it was like in Africa, you have how many different tribes, how many different cultures, how many different ethnic groups and not all of them, you know, believe the same thing about men and women or have the same roles, you know? Hmm. So having this idea that even in the continent, even in the same country before they were actual countries, there were different matriarchal and patriarchal societies. Right. I think that comes into play because, uh, when you're thinking about like even in relationships and marriage and everything else like that, there is a a big misconception about uh about who's gonna be the breadwinner and everything else like that, and then there's this power dynamic, and like lately everybody's been uh, there's been this big push against um against sexual harassment because all these uh, like you know allegations are being finally revealed about these guys in Hollywood and everywhere else. And it's, it's like everyone knew that these things were happening and then a lot of women didn't feel empowered, especially black women didn't feel empowered mm-hmm. to talk about this mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so there's a shift. There's a shift. There's a shift of power and a lot of men, I think especially black men, who weren't offered these opportunities in education but, but and see, everything else but, like that. But you got to pause it right there because, again, if we're talking about these 
uh, mentalities in these different types of cultures in Africa. So they had their separate places mm-hmm. where you had one society, one ethnic group over here that was matriarchal and one ethnic group over here that was patriarchal. Mm-hmm. And because of slavery, we all got put together. Right. So now there was like a stand. Well, you talked about before, like the, the white standard, like mm-hmm. white is the default. Mm-hmm. So naturally everything is compared to that mm-hmm. on the spectrum of whatever it might be. Exactly. Beauty, relationships, mm-hmm. everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's like our own personal uh standard of what uh, a relationship should be in the dynamics those power dynamics mm-hmm. um we never got that like a lot of stuff like how we didn't buy names a lot of our culture has just been stripped away so there might be internal conflicts within us that we don't even know uh because we're in a system that wasn't meant uh for us even when it comes to relationships do you mean how the european standard is patriarchal yeah but pause again. Let's pause on the white people. I just want to talk about black men and black women mm-hmm. for real quick, okay? So, because we got so mixed up with being, you know, forced to come to America as right. slaves, like you have someone from a matriarchal society and mm-hmm. someone from a patriarchal society forced yes, to. Sometimes it was forced to be together, mm-hmm. and sometimes you came together, but then wonder why you clashed, and right. it it didn't have anything to do with, you know. Because, of course, white is more patriarchal in America type of thing. But it's like, even in the household, you know, why is there... So, okay, let's pause before I get into the why. But, okay, so as black Americans, it's been deemed highly matriarchal. Mm-hmm. But that might have been just a... Res- I don't know if that had to do with what we were in Africa or our circumstances. Because if you think about in slavery, like... The woman and the man weren't really allowed to be together. You know, they were they were separated. The, the a wife could be, you know, raped and molested, and a man yeah, couldn't do anything about it. You know, she was sold. Her children were sold. Like you really had no um, stability or any kind of like you you couldn't do anything about your family being separated. You know, yeah. so if the man was separated from the woman, then you had the woman who was with the kids. So it's like she had to play that role. Yeah, she had to. No she had no what. choice. And if you think about post-slavery, okay, so now you got the KKK, you got lynchings and all that stuff. Still, mm-hmm. the man is out of the picture. And then moving to today, now the man is incarcerated. Exactly. So it's like continuously circumstances that are leading to the woman has to step up, mm-hmm. which is why I believe Black Americans are highly matriarchal. Um, but so you have not only are we some of us may be coming from those matriarchal societies in Africa, mm-hmm. but circumstances led us to be more. Now insert a black man who is patriarchal in that. Where a woman is strong, independent, about her own shit and doesn't take shit because she's running shit right. to a man who thinks he's on that. Yeah, they definitely gonna clash. And you see that shit happen all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, but it's interesting though, because the most women I know that are aggressive and assertive, mm-hmm. they also want a man who can compliment them on that way. They don't, they, at least the most of the women I've seen anyway, mm-hmm. they, they don't look for like someone who's timid or like that's not really, um, not assertive. Like that's not something that's going to really attract No, I don't. <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying. So that, that's just not going to really fly with them. Um. But at the same time, that very thing could be the thing that's like preventing them from connecting on deeper levels because they're clashing uh, because they're trying to see who's going to do what mm-hmm. and in what role. Who has the power. Who has the power. And mm-hmm. like since that's so important, it's been such a, a vital part of their lives and growing up um, based on their circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the circumstances change, like we talk about it all the time, like when you are you grow up in a, a neighborhood that's crazy, mm-hmm. let's say, like <laughs> I'm a perfect example, <laughs> grew up in Newark. Um, that I went to college, I, I got to go to grad school, all this stuff. So stuff that I learned, um, when I was back in Newark in terms of my aggression and my assertiveness might be counterproductive to how I deal with people in a world that's, that doesn't require me to act those certain ways because those, um, those dangers or those situations are no longer, um, those, they no longer apply to me, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but if they're still in there, that can block connections. And that can cause conflict in relationships between black men and black women on like all uh, stages from uh, relationship, um, talking about 
just them connecting and seeing who's going to be the breadwinner or whatever, whatever else. But I feel like you were so, slowly touching another point, and mm-hmm. that's emotional expression. Yes. And for that, sure. like, okay, y- all y'all know when your mom was beating your ass, <laughs> you know, hopefully it was mama, because if it was daddy, you really fucked up. But, um, yeah, you did something wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, so mama whooping your ass. And what did she say? What did black mama say? She said, you better not give me something. What she, hold on, hold on. Now I'm forgetting. How I forget? <laughs> what? Okay, mama whooping that ass. You better not see no tears. Nah, she was <laughs> like, you better stop crying before I give you something to cry about. Yo. What kind of shit is that? So, alright, let's break down that bullshit. Alright, let's let's repeat. Let's repeat. Every black mama when she whooping that ass. And you know she always said this after you already start the you know them time to like, well, it's about to come out like right? you, can't, you can't do like, nothing about you it. You can't even smother them things. It's like you just gotta breathe through that shit, you know? Right? <laughs> Sniffling, catching your breath type of shit, them tears. Then your mama got the audacity to say. You better stop crying for I give you something to cry about. Like, mama, you already whooped that ass. So, <laughs> so if you cry more, you're going to just get beat more, which is going to cause you to cry more. Right. There's no winning in that situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's <laughs> diagnose that shit. Cause, uh, all right. So that in and of itself, that's just black culture. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, like that. Hashtag grown up black. But, yes. um, but like, that's shutting down emotion on, like, for everybody. Like, the women went through that. The men went through that. That's shutting down emotion for yeah, everybody. For, for both sides. For both sides. Dead. For both sides. So, <laughs> we already have that as a culture, okay? Now, men get it more. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about stuff you was told growing up? Uh, just like, you know, the typical, like, um, man up. Like, don't, mm-hmm. be, <laughs> don't be, like, a bitch. Don't be a pussy. Like, mm-hmm. all that shit. That's just like high school, middle school mm-hmm, shit, like mm-hmm. normal. Like if you if you didn't experience those things, um, it's actually like you're we're probably out of the norm. You're probably in the minority of people, at least from like people I knew and I and that I grew up with. That's just how things were. Like you weren't supposed to uh, express emotions. Emotions weren't supposed to be something that was valued or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You looked like as you were being a bitch, mm-hmm. like like a like, limp, a punk, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. You know, I had interesting conversations with my, like, girlfriends back in the day about <laughs> when could a man cry. Word. That is so interesting. And it's I, like, when was it okay for a man to cry? It is so interesting because, and this is what happens a lot in relationships. Again, mm-hmm. the dynamic of wanting a, a man who's aggressive and assertive, but still emotionally available enough mm-hmm. to connect with mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. You think those things kind of contradict themselves. And in a, way, a lot of ways we do because we don't understand what the difference is between being assertive and aggressive and channeling that in a positive direction mm-hmm. versus a negative direction. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, for example, like say if I'm having a problem in a restaurant or something like that, somebody's talking crazy, mm-hmm. I'm not getting my food on time, whatever. I could be aggressive and assertive in a way of saying like going up to whoever's the manager saying like, Explain the situation, saying I'm I'm carrying my business elsewhere, making it mm-hmm. uh, real clear to him that this is not acceptable, mm-hmm. and that he needs to make this right. On the flip side, <laughs> if you go to hood version, you can be like, where the fuck's my fucking food at? You gonna cause a scene and be like, yo, fuck this motherfucking place, and you gonna go crazy. And it happens all the time, and you cause a scene, and that's negative. Now, both things can be attractive to women depending on what they've seen and what they're used to, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always apply to that. And when you're stuck on that other side, it blocks any type of communication in terms of the emotion. So when you deal with emotions on the other side, like if you're a hood person, you either bottle them up, mm-hmm. uh, and then that bottle, when you bottle them up, it could implode okay, or explode. Okay, so let's just take a moment. Bottling up your emotions and shutting down your emotions is not healthy. At all. We as humans need to be able to express ourselves. We need to be able to identify our emotions and express them in healthy ways. Okay? Like, we need to squash that squash that mentality. And before, before, because I was going to make another point, but mm-hmm. this made me think of something. So, all right. Think about why we have that as a culture. Why we're shutting down those emotions. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, that's a lot to do with 
the history in mm-hmm. terms of um, well, obviously when when the slave masters were there, especially for parents, mm-hmm. mom, mostly the mom actually, mm-hmm. you had to toughen up your kid to make sure that if if anything happened that they did wrong, you would beat them first because you didn't want the master to beat them more. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm talking about just expressing your emotions. Like, we were not allowed to express our emotions. Yeah. In slavery, we weren't allowed to. We weren't allowed to. The most we got was being able to sing and dancing for their entertainment, not for our joy, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So that kind of skewed even the way that we looked at our own expression, like Mm -hmm. you were saying, like, once you're naked. So it's looked at as a negative thing or looked at as a way to uh, gain favor for someone else as opposed to actually being an expressive art form mm-hmm. or just you, you know, releasing that positive energy in your spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got tainted and, and poisoned into something that, you know, either shouldn't be shown mm-hmm. or had to be shown to gain something for someone else's enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, long history with us. The reason why we are today. So when people say, oh, slavery was 400 years ago, fuck them. Right. Fuck them. <laughs> I don't think that you shit impacts us on so many levels today. But we we talking about black men and black women. Right. So we were talking about... <laughs> That's going to happen a lot. <laughs> right? It's going to happen a lot. We got a lot of topics. But um, so black men and black women, we're talking about shutting down the emotions and right. particularly with the black man. Right. It happens. And, and how... You know, yeah, so as women, and then I don't get this fucking mentality either that when you're young, you want that bad boy shit. And then when you get older, you realize, fuck that. I want somebody who's well, actually going to take care of me. Speak for yourself, because uh, I know a couple girls that still want that. <laughs> yeah, well, they need to grow up, in my opinion, so. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Like you said, it comes in stages. Why? So there's a question like, why? Does it happen like at the early stages that you're like into the bad boys? Because you don't know shit about yourself. Pretty much, I think that's <laughs> it. I mean, guys do the same thing. Like they were like bad girls, but it's just mm-hmm. like again, based on like the hierarchy of uh, of gender, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way it's looked at is just kind of skewed in our favor. Like so, we're looking at girls who. I know why. Okay, go ahead. My bad. Now go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So. Okay, okay. So, I think the reason we're looking for that aggressive bad boy uh-huh. take control uh-huh. is because we need someone who challenges us. Because we are, for the most part, again, black Americans are very highly matriarchal, very much independent, just as a you know result of our circumstances. But, so, because we're up there, mm-hmm. we're looking someone to, for someone who challenges us. Right. And the good guy may be timid, he may be shy, he may not be okay with challenging you. Right. And not until he gains the confidence, which usually happens later in life. Mm-hmm. Very true. So you're looking for the bad guy. It's kind of like we were saying before, like that mm-hmm. assertiveness mm-hmm. in a negative way, yeah. but it's still assertive, so yeah. you still want that challenge. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you're not going to get it from the timid guy who's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. He's going to be nice, and you can always walk all over. Mm-hmm. And don't nobody want that. Don't nobody want that. Put me in my place. <laughs> okay, okay, now we're going to talk about this shit. Yo, I hate, I hate when, oh my God. Ladies, stop saying this shit. I'm just telling you. This is the, I get so tired of this shit. Okay. I don't mind you wanting assertive guys. I don't want, I don't mind you wanting somebody who knows what they're about, who can, you know, who can be aggressive when the time is right. But this phrase right here, <laughs> put me in my place. Yo, please stop saying this, ladies. Please. It's the worst thing in the world. We want somebody to put you in your place. But again, I think it comes from that challenge me. You know, challenge me. Say that. How about we say? All right, new wave. How about we say that? Cause put you in your place makes it sound crazy. Makes you sound like you want to get dominated. There might be some kinky sex. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> some of y'all might mean it, but others I know if, if somebody but again, try to put but, you in your place, you'd no, be no, like, no, oh, but, hell see, but see, no. But it would be. The, the concept we're thinking of and why that put me in place is a bad thing because yeah, usually the assertive is associated with the negative. Right. Whereas, like, if I have somebody who's good and a decent person who's challenging me, like, if I'm talking shit, 
Like maybe he's able to change my mind frame. Maybe right. he's able to enhance right. me to be a better me. There you go. You know? Yeah. So it's not necessarily put me in my place in a negative way. It's just more like if I don't know and you know something, then tell me about it. Hmm. So I don't I don't know. Cause like, okay, put me in my place. Yeah, I mean, it has a negative mindset just because yeah. of the way, the way it's been used see, and yeah. stuff. But I'm trying to think of the flip. The flip is, it's elevation. It's not like you're getting put down, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're getting elevated. You need somebody who's going... So maybe that place, yeah, isn't low. Okay. Put me in my place. Put me in my place. Could be higher. higher. There we go. That's good. I can rock with that one. But... I want somebody. If I'm gonna say that next girl, <laughs> next girl I hear say that, I'm gonna have to ask her what you mean by that. Oh, she ain't gonna know. We just I know. This we shit just out right this now. Shit. So we gotta spread this shit, <laughs> spread this mob, share this podcast, because otherwise you ain't gonna be with the wave, and everybody else gonna be with the wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I do want to pause because we're talking about challenge me and put, elevate me and stuff like that. So we need to get, and again, we'll go back to the black perspective of black men and black women in yes. a second, but. We need to realize that this whole you complete me, you're my oh, other half is straight bullshit, <laughs> man. You don't need anybody to complete you. You need to complete yourself. Because think about it. Think about it. Okay, say you meet a person. Say they're your other half. Say that person goes away. Would you have a person now? <laughs> <laughs> Word. <laughs> So what's going to happen? Because that happens to people. It happens all the time. People die. People pass away. People get hurt. People, people get, get divorced. sick. Yeah. yeah. So does that mean that you're less of a person? Because the person that you connected with decided to end that connection? Or that mm-hmm. connection was ended? Mm-hmm. No. It's like, no, you should build yourself up. I mean, you don't got to be 100, but you got to be on the path to making so right. you're completing yourself. Right. So that way, when you find somebody else who you connect with, again, they elevate you. Right. They enhance it's you. It's growing with. Yes, growing <laughs> with together. That's together. very important to, too as well. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a one-sided thing like, oh, okay, I finally found the thing that completes me. Mm-mm. No. You're supposed to find... The, the point of connecting with people, in my opinion, is really they can elevate you people. Uh, people can elevate you. Those are what you want. Those are the people you want in your life. Mm-hmm. Um... And you should search for those connections of those people who are going to make your life better, improve things. But that doesn't mean that they complete you. You learn stuff from everybody that you meet. You just got to be able to distinguish between those relationships that are uh, meant to elevate you in one reason and one part of your life. And then those other relationships that are going to be more long lasting and, uh, you know, long lasting for the test of time. You know, they'll, they'll be able to survive most bad things and good things no matter what they are. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to distinguish between those two types of relationships. And in order to do that... You gotta know yourself. You gotta know yourself. Okay. Alright, back to this blackness. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're therapists. Sometimes it's gonna go. Yeah, it's gonna go there. It's gonna go there sometimes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got us off track. Right. So, okay. Black men and black women. So, you know, all right. So, I feel that I am definitely from, because, you know, I'm, you know, feel that connection with my ancestors and stuff. So, I definitely feel like I'm from the matriarchal because I do view the black woman as God. Now, black people, melanated people in particular, the darker, uh, I mean, it depends. The original people, okay? Like, globally, the original people, I believe, have divine or divinity in them because they are the original people. They're the first people on this planet, you know, across the globe. So, I do think there's some divinity in them. But the black woman, so she got to be black because they're the original people. But the black woman mm-hmm. is a creator of life. Mm-hmm. How is that not divinity in motion? You are creating life inside of you. Mm-hmm. And then in allowing it to come out of you. One, I'm sure for the epidural. Yeah. I know I shouldn't be, but that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot to bring life out. Okay. <laughs> But I don't know how y'all do it, but uh, right? Yeah, y'all like, got it. Shout out to the ancestors shout that didn't have an option. <laughs> yo, that shit. And shout out to you who are for natural births, water births, home births, all that. Shout out to you. 
because I debate on how I'm going to handle that situation. But anyways. I'm just so glad <laughs> I don't got to go through that. Fellas, you like. Which, which made me think about when you talked about the, the phrase, uh, don't be a pussy. Do you know what yes, the pussy can do? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's just. That shit's strong. <laughs> that shit's strong. Like, they, they said when you're going through birth, like, that's the highest, like, that's past your pain, which you should be able to, yeah. yeah, which you should be able to endure. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. The pussy is powerful. Goddamn right it is. Hashtag pussy is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but. I'm, I'm pretty sure that one exists already. I know, right? <laughs> but, so, yes, the black woman, because she is the creator of life, is divine to me. Yeah. However, when I identify, so, so you, okay, let me pause. I took a human diversity class in grad school, right? And it was mostly women in the class as there's mostly women in higher education. But my female professor asked the women in the class, how did they identify first? Hmm. Did they identify first by their ethnicity or did they identify first by their gender? All the people of color, the women of color in the class, said their ethnicity. Mm. All the white women said their gender. And I will say that I identify identify (laughs) as a black woman. Right, black first. Black first. And it's always been that way for me. And I've met some black women that identify more with gender. But that shit for me, like, okay, yes, rape culture is an issue and we will talk about it. But as far as, like, money... Okay, I'm getting paid less than a man. I'm still getting paid less than a white woman. Yeah. Like, and I could die being black. Like. And black women are out here getting the most degrees, mm-hmm. opening up the most Yo, businesses. Yo, shout out to the black women right now. The most, Killing the it. highest educated group of women. We starting our own businesses. We becoming CEOs. Know Just that. give a shout out to the black woman right now. Yes. Yes. Black girl magic. Black girl magic. Black girls rock. Hey, <laughs> but okay. So, what's the plan? So, divinity. Oh, I was saying, I, I identify as a black woman. Yeah, black first. Black first. Right. Yeah. Black first. And I feel with this feminism versus womanism topic. Do you know about womanism? Please elaborate. So womanism came around after feminism because Uh feminism, just like homosexual pride, is a lot. It's white oriented, which is interesting. Every time a minority group comes up, it's still the focus is white and the people of color within the group are left out. Let's talk about it again. Black before woman. (laughs) So So I'm saying like that. The standards are always fucking white, no matter what. Even in in a struggle, the the default, default, it's always that. Even in a struggle, that doesn't. But, but so crazy. People of color. The majority on the planet. This shit makes how how on the planet there are more brown people than or yellow or yellow than uh, the paler versions. Yes, I don't get it. I don't get it. We need to travel. But anyway, well, you already know my theory. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Another episode. That's another episode. So long. So long. (laughs) So all right. So, feminism versus womanism. So, feminism came around to give women um, rights. Okay. Right, right, right. So, so hold up, y'all know I, I don't, I don't know dates and shit. So, all right, when, <laughs> when did the women's suffrage? Women's suffrage. When did they get the right to vote? Let's see. Googling it now. I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I'm trying to... Yeah, I'm scrolling, y'all. Yeah, yeah scrolling. I'm scrolling, trying to find... Okay, uh-huh. hold up. Women right to vote. Let's just... Let's look that up. They're I'm not trying to put out no fake news, you know? Right. Okay, <laughs> so... Ninth, oh, the 19th Amendment, which was passed in 1920. Well, it was passed in 1919 and ratified on 1920. So, 1920! Hmm. That's when women... <clears throat> Women got the right to vote. Wait, women, huh? Women. That, that includes women. 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 Right? women oh, I'm, a, I'm a woman, right? Right. You're supposed to be, right? Got the right to vote. Huh. But let's talk about when black people got the right to vote. That's the Voting mm. Rights Act of 1965. Mm. So you talking a period of 45 years? 
But technically, I got that right with the women's right to vote. Well, you were supposed to. I was supposed to. Let's Ooh, let's yeah. not talk about these shoulda, woulda, couldas, because yeah. it's history. But anyways, so so because feminism was very white default norm, the standard, people said, <laughs> can't fuck with that shit. So I'm a woman of color, so womanism. I got you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Now I know that distinction. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I noticed that a lot. Like, a lot of movies just get hijacked by um, by that default. They mm-hmm. just It just goes to that. And then, like you were saying, those voices get silenced. Mm-hmm. And those are the very voices that were raised that brought up the issues in the first place. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to silence them? Like, mm-hmm. That's so backwards. And intersectionality, um, that's the phrase that they're using to combine these different aspects of ourselves, is very important. Yeah. Like, I don't just have gender issues. I got right. ethnicity the, issues too, man. Got financial issues. Like, with like, class, yes. Like, so it's like, there's different like, aspects of me, and they all me, need to be worked right, on. They're pissing me off when politicians just try to play that game mm-hmm. and just try to pick one thing mm-hmm. and then say, oh, well, black people only care about this. And then, and then they don't even fix the thing that they mm-hmm. say, like criminal justice. Hey, come on, how many more states are gonna get legalized? Uh, gonna legalize marijuana before all these everyone in that state who's ever been prosecuted for marijuana gets, gets released. released? There's no way it should be legalized, and then there's still people in jail for that very same substance. It makes no sense, and we all know the whole drug on wars was racist. So different episode. Different episode. <laughs> but, like I said, <laughs> stay tuned. We ain't running right, out of shit. Right, <laughs> not in this country. <laughs> But, um, okay, so, but yeah, so that's how I feel as a black woman. Um, now, I do feel that, especially because of the disproportionate, I mean, okay, one, I feel like the population amount for black people hasn't moved in like 20 years, so yeah. I'm curious as to how many numbers we actually have, yeah. but of that amount, they try to say that they're more incarcerated than they were enslaved, and therefore more than there are educated, but I've seen different reports that saying, no, there's actually more black men in higher education than there are in jail, so I don't know who to believe right now, but um, I, as a product of HBCU, shout think, out Hampton University, most. shout out Hampton University, um... But as a product, like, I'm seeing all these beautiful black men with higher education. I'm seeing people who are starting their own businesses. I'm seeing people who are gaining knowledge outside of education. Mm. I'm seeing people who have finished med school, who have finished law school. Yeah, shout out to HU, man. You know, like, HU is giving us that network, the standard of excellence. But, Damn right. right, so I'm seeing these black men and I'm like, uh, looks like it's, like, I have a good pool to me. Doesn't look like I'm, you know, scarce. Like black men are scarce for me, mm. who are on my level. But it is rough out there. It is, and it depends on where you live, where the pool is. Cause like right now, when I came to <clears throat> Oakland, totally different. Cause I'm I'm from Maryland, y'all. So you know, PG County. Even though I didn't live there, I got family. You know, I've been in there, type of thing. But PG County has the highest, or no, no, has the most. Affluent black neighborhoods with educated professional black people in the country. And they all gonna go to Hampton. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But the most in the country, y'all. So that's where I came from. I came from seeing people who were educated, who were professional, who were middle to upper middle class. Like I saw that, right? Shit, saw even more at Hampton. Again, they went to Hampton. Oh yeah. Like the same HBCUs. Right. Give back, give back, go there, go there. Necessary. Right, the black of the college is sweeter than knowledge, no, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that could be a different <laughs> episode. Another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I said, we ain't winning out. Oh, shit. We ain't winning out. We ain't winning out. <laughs> but yeah, so I was seeing all this. So when I came to Oakland, it was a different. I mean, I saw it in San Diego too. I went to grad school, University of San Diego. So when I was down there, like San Diego doesn't have a lot of black people. But where the black people were, were like homeless or lower SES. SES is socioeconomic class or status. But, um, so that was like my first time and I was like, okay, they don't even see the other side because everybody's homeless or lower SES. So they didn't even see that. I actually feel spoiled. Like I've been around like just Mm -hmm. black women that have just been beautiful Mm -hmm. and educated, Mm -hmm. caring. Like I've been spoiled since I've been to Hampton. Yeah. I have a whole pool, so... Because like, then you, like, 
gravitate towards that. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. I have like my standards has always been high in terms yeah. of women, for especially black women. Mm-hmm. All I've seen is beautiful, educated, and caring black women. Mm-hmm. So like that's it. Now I'm just matching up. Okay, so which personalities are like you know what, what you know it's it's it, we're past the whole like oh does she have a job career mindset like is she driven like no that's a given and i feel like that's a if you came from him that should be a given like nobody that you talking to or trying to connect with shouldn't be already had the mindset of success or or that drive or at least to do something because again you need to know yourself as an individual you need to complete yourself so when you are a higher self you will attract higher vibes damn right that's how it works Mm -hmm. telling you Mm -hmm. Telling your words. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what were we talking about before? You're talking about your experience in terms of women, the women in uh, San Diego. Oh, the no, man, no. The, the men, men, the men, yeah, there. yeah. So when I came to Oakland, it was a different perspective because. Uh-oh. I love Oakland. Story time. I love Oakland. Story time. It's just. All right, y'all. So Story time. Some of y'all know I worked at Victoria's Secret on the side since I was a senior at Hampton through undergrad and through my move to Oakland. And this is my fourth store in three different states. Hey. And this Royal is the employee. most bold, like, disrespectful theft that I have ever witnessed. <laughs> like, the employees have got cursed out, spit on, thrown shit hey. at. Almost knocked over. They got have spit? bags that they're stuffing products wait, wait, wait. in. Time out. Spit. Yeah, spit. it wasn't me. They ain't do that. Oh, I'm about to say like. <laughs> but um, and it's and it's black people, and it's like and and, and because I'm a practicing therapist at an African American Well Being Center, it's like shit. I'm trying to help us during the week, and y'all tearing it down on the weekend. Right. So I was very conflicted. Still am. If you don't notice, but (laughs) about the different dynamics and the different uh, levels of consciousness that exist within the black community. So dating here has been interesting. (laughs) And I do feel like a lot of the natives um, have stayed here. Like they haven't left Oakland, Oakland, let alone like other parts of California or other states. You're talking about like they haven't experienced a lot of stuff outside of Mm -hmm. their you know, yeah. their primary environment. Yeah. Just, they're just out here just, uh-huh. just opening it or nothing yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, And I do feel that in addition to education, there is education and experience. Right. And the more you experience, the more you know, and the more you can see different ways of living, different ways of thinking, different ways of being. Right, right. You know? Hmm. Yeah. But, so, dating for me is interesting here because of the pool. The pool that is available. I know nationally I have other things, especially if I go back east, just because there's more black people back east and then mm-hmm, south, sure. and there's more um, educated, more affluent. Because, like, California doesn't have a lot of black people. I don't... They don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oakland whole, is different just because it's, you know, it's Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> but um, California as a whole, it doesn't. Like, east coast has more. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. So, just because I'm out here, it's a different pool. But because I came from there, I know what exists. So I know that the opportunity is out there. I just may have to switch up my tactics here or just, you know, find a different pool. But hmm. but it's possible, ladies. And then, and then I <laughs> Don't mean, give up hope. Right? And I do want to say, I do want to say that if you find that your trend of guy is an ain't shit nigga. Oh, man. You need to look at yourself. Oh, man. Because, again, you need to know yourself. Because you are allowing these men to choose you, but what makes you choose them? Think about it. That's very true. It's your choice. Like, you can say no. (laughs) You know? But what's what's happening within you that's making you choose the ain't shit nigga? Topic for another. God damn, we got so many topics. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm just saying. It's true though. It's it's just a fact. Like you attract what you put out. Mm-hmm. You do. But you no, know. I get approached by ancient niggas, and that's quickly like yes. <laughs> bye bye. Right, <laughs> All right. You can attract. They can attract you, but as soon as you they're putting out, mm-hmm. it's, it goes both ways. Like you were just saying. So if he's putting out that negative energy, and you are putting out that positive energy, you're gonna be able to recognize it. Like I that. Mean, it's 
You can how fast do you recognize the ain't shit nigga now? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I think we need to clarify. An ancient nigga could be an ancient nigga who's gonna treat you disrespectfully, who's gonna oh, do you wrong. This is this is a very big distinction that I had to make. Yeah. There's a difference between a bad guy or a bad girl and a bad guy in a relationship a bad person in a relationship and a bad girl in a relationship. There are plenty of people that are good guys. Martin Luther King, obviously great guy <laughs> in a relationship though. in a relationship not so much <laughs> not so much hey look i know i know some of y'all are like <gasps> you brought up martin luther king. yeah i brought him up <laughs> y'all saw selma y'all know what happened all right but it's my example we have to stop thinking so black and white in terms of like good and evil so if he did this he's all bad mm. if he cheated he's all bad mm. if she cheated she's all bad like no just because you're good at being like a caring person doesn't mean you're good at relationships. How many people are good at relationships? Not many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not many. Mm. So, so yeah. So okay. So there's a difference between an ancient nigga who's gonna be disrespectful, right. treat you di- like like a like a dog, like he's you know. There's that. But then there's like an ancient nigga who ain't doing shit with his life. Mm. Like he could be a good Talk person. Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Two years on the couch, though. I'm sorry. I'm clapping, and because of the podcast, we shouldn't be clapping or slapping. But, but you know, you I know mean. that's black culture. <laughs> you know that's black culture, especially when you're making a points. <laughs> what Kevin Hart say? But, <laughs> but um, two years on that couch, though. I think it might have been three. <laughs> That would have been a no for me. Yeah. Issa is strong. <laughs> Not that strong. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, well, but then I'm also a therapist. And the reason I'm a therapist is because I was thinking differently, which led me to this field, because I would have been had the conversation back then. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm doing me. I'm getting myself together. What are you doing for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, therapists think different. Well, some therapists. Some therapists. <laughs> we have met some. We have met a lot. <laughs> That definitely aren't thinking that way. And side note, if you're thinking about therapy, please reach out. But understand that it is a, a, it is an intimate relationship where you are being vulnerable with someone. And just like your friends, boyfriends, even your parents, not everything is going to click. You got to find that right match. Exactly. You okay. can't just go like, oh, this therapist is well-renowned. And then that doesn't mean going to click didn't with help. you. Or the therapist didn't help me. This therapist didn't care. This therapist didn't do that. So I'm done with therapy. No, you're done with that therapist. Exactly. Again, stop thinking it's so black and white. Just because it didn't work out for you with that therapist doesn't mean that all therapy is bad. So again, (laughs) when I was in high school dating ancient niggas, whether they were treating me bad or just not doing shit, um, I came to a term was like, okay. Why am I choosing these ain't shit niggas? Let me stop choosing these ain't shit niggas. Might be a good and, idea. And then it got a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so, moral of the story, like, you're in control of that shit. Like, mm-hmm. and... And there are beautiful, intelligent, respectful, mm. doing shit with their life, um, knowledgeable, just worthy men. Yes, Black men. There are. <clears throat> yes, there are. <clears throat> One is sitting across. Oh, me. there you go. Oh shit. Oh, why? Thank you. Just saying. Yeah, but um, but don't yeah, don't th- don't give up hope. Basically, you yeah. just may need to change your tactics. Um, but I did want to ask you, oh, that uh, I've described myself as a black woman and just kind of the intersectionality between being black and being a woman. Mm -hmm. But we don't hear a lot about the perspective of the black men, especially because we are a matriarchal society. We're always worried about how the black woman is seen, what's the impact on the black woman. But we don't think about the black man and what he endures as a black man and what does it mean to be a man, but then to be black as well. Because we are in a patriarchal society living in America. So how does that... How has that impacted you? What do you think about it? Um, for me, and I, I'm not going to speak for all black men, obviously. We all come from different walks of life, so, you know, I can't, I can't do that. But in terms of my experience um, in this country for the 26 years that I've been alive, uh, I've experienced being, um, I would describe 
the experience of being a black man in this country as uh, constantly adjusting, constantly navigating to your situation uh, because you know it can change at any time depending on uh, where you are <laughs> because of the skin of your color. Like a lot of things that might come naturally to one person uh, that would be assumed to be normal, like small things like wearing a fucking hoodie. (laughs) Like it's fucking raining outside. When I go into a store or if I go into a nice neighborhood, I'm not like thinking, I have to actually be conscious of myself walking in a neighborhood thinking about how I'm appearing to someone else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Again, talking about that default. Mm-hmm. My default is, oh, I'm not thinking, oh, what a great neighborhood. I'm enjoying my walk. Oh, this is great. I'm thinking, I'm enjoying my walk, but let me not get too comfortable because I have to, I have to notice how I'm appearing to other people. You know what wow. I'm saying? So that shit is. And I don't think I necessarily have to think that way or do think that way. Well, on the flip side though, being a black woman and a woman in general, mm-hmm. you might have to think oh, about that. Oh yeah, yeah. For in terms of men. Yeah, you yeah. might have to think about that like when you're walking home at night. <laughs> but I don't have to think about it for being black. Right, right. That's true. Mm-hmm. And there comes that intersectionality that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's important to mm-hmm. take into perspective both sides. But I even, and I don't know if I was talking to you or if I was talking to someone else, but it was like a guy who was tall mm-hmm. and he cowered. Like he hunched his shoulders more to make himself seem smaller. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, I'm conscious of that shit, but I'm also conscious of the need to resist that shit, which is why I don't like hunch or do anything like that. Mm-hmm. When I walk, I walk with confidence because it's like I'm aware that people might see me in a different way. Um, but but I, they need to be okay with that. Exactly. Ain't nobody dangerous exactly. and violent and shit. <laughs> Ain't nobody doing all that. So, as, as I'm getting aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, for real, like it's, it goes back to what we, we were talking about this shit the other day. We were talking about uh, naming your child and how a lot of people are Fuck afraid to name their child that. like an African name or uh, like a quote unquote stereotypical uh, black, black name, name. You know what I mean? Which let's pause on that. So I thought all these stereotypical black names was ratchet and ghetto as fuck. Nah, but then I was doing some beautiful. research and I was like, this they shit has African you, origins. Right, they even like, tricked me into thinking that your names are should be associated with being ghetto mm-hmm. and ratchet and all these other negative things when they're actually beautiful names. Yeah. My children will be getting African names. Right. And if somebody wants to say, oh, what if they can't get a job? Then why are you looking to work for right. someone who does not want to hire you because of your name? Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> why would you want to work for that company? Exactly. <laughs> like, okay, so I'm Team Natural, fully for it. I was uh, relaxed since I was six years old up until I was 18, and I had no choice in that matter. And I was also, you know, brainwashed in that, like, the thinking that it was better and stuff like that. But when I did embrace my natural hair, and remember, I said embrace my natural hair versus went natural or yeah, go natural go. because I started natural. But anyway, so I embraced my natural hair and people said, oh, what if you can't get a job? Oh, you should put your hair up. Oh, you should straighten your hair <laughs> on the interview crazy. and stuff like that. And it's like, if I go into the interview, interview again, it's choice. Not only is that company choosing me, but I am choosing them. That company, and yeah. if they don't want me because of my hair, then why do I want them? They can't <laughs> accept me. <laughs> Right, don't make no sense. And this is different than fucking coloring your hair. Bitches be like, oh, they should accept me if I have purple hair. This is how the hair grows out of my head. Right, and you're saying <laughs> it's unacceptable. And unprofessional. Bullshit. Fuck you. So I have, so if it has anything to do with your hair, that has to do with your name, right. if they don't want to choose culture, you, and you're it. worried about, oh, my child won't be able to get a job, then let me say this to you. You need to be working for a black-owned company or start your own shit. Yeah, I'm tired of this shit. Why, why, why is that the the thing? Oh, we gotta work for the man. Fuck that. And I will say, I I appreciate oh, wow. Howard University because they do stress entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I, oh, versus, I got I got beef with HU about that shit. I don't know if they're still doing it. I gotta actually talk. So to yeah, I I got beef um, too. This with bullshit Hampton. with like the whole business program. So if you don't you know, can't have lots. Um, I think was it my junior year and your senior year, or was it after that? I'm not sure. I can't really remember. Sometime at our time at Hampton, the I don't was it the whole business school or just MBA? I think it was the whole thing. I don't I'm know. Sure. So yeah, so, I mean, y'all, y'all business, let us know. <laughs> something with business. 
they banned dreadlocks, saying that, you know, in order to fit in and get a job within corporate right. America, you, you couldn't have you your dreadlocks. You gotta look the part. You have to look the part. What's the part? What are we conforming to? Let's right, think about people. it. So, yeah. And I did not fuck with that shit then. I definitely yeah. don't fuck with Damn, it now. Damn, you fuck with that shit. Now, but I always, I always thought, like, what the fuck? We're in a historically, historically black, black university. What the fuck? And it's like, <laughs> well, we can't have locks. You know that tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't have that because that's part of the culture. Because we want to conform to the white corporate. And then, what? okay, let's pause though. Because I just explained that my natural hair is how it grows out of my head. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to come on here and say that locks don't naturally happen, try not Actually, doing your hair okay, exactly. and watch that shit exactly. lock up. Exactly. Have you had a weave for too long and you tried <laughs> to take that shit out and you was like, oh, this shit is attached? Then you know what I'm talking about, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it might not look like how you want it to, right. but then lock it's up. Trying to tell me something, right. but yeah, so that's what I didn't appreciate. I was like, no, like I don't want to work for a company that doesn't accept me mm-hmm. and how I am. And you honestly need to stop doing this because mm-hmm. you're perpetuating that and gonna happen to the next generation, next generation, and then it's all gonna be Johns and Sallys mm-hmm. all down your lineage, and then you're whitewashing your own history, mm-hmm. and, and it's gotten to the point where. We've we accepted even, it. Yeah, right? we don't even. We we're not even know. conscious of it. Yeah, we're like, oh, we don't want to name our, our child anything that represents their actual culture because mm-hmm. then they won't be able to navigate this world that stole your culture. What? No, you're supposed to fight back. You're supposed to be able to be proud of yourself and your culture and all the things that we've been through to get to this point. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be something that you should be ashamed of. It's some, it's, it's something you should be proud, prideful of, because mm-hmm. a lot of other people. Couldn't have made it this far. Wouldn't have made it this far. Yeah, we are resilient people, man. We've been through some shit. <laughs> but um, but let me let me bring us. You know, we kind of getting close to the oh, hour yeah. mark. Damn. Yeah, we was having a good time, y'all. We was having a good time. Um, but I want to say this before because I want to end on black love. You gotta end Ooh, on black gotcha love. Do, gotta yeah. do it. Talk about. But um, but I want to say this. Why do you think we call each other kings and queens? Well, I call a woman queen, and I used to be hesitant to say this. I wanted to say this for like, uh, for one girl, like mm-hmm. my like. If you're my girl, I'm calling you queen. That's mm-hmm. what's gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I started calling other black women queen because I realized that affection that I was reserving for one person, I should uh, also have that same type of affection. Maybe not on that same level, but that affection and that love and that respect mm-hmm. for all black women. Uh, not only because of what they've gone through, what they've done for me, what I've seen them do, what I know that they're capable of, mm-hmm. um, but also because it's something that I want to do to combat the bullshit that they're being fed. They're mm-hmm. always being told that they're lesser than. Mm-hmm. They're being told not only like through words, but through actions in terms of the fucking pay that they get, in terms of the way that they're treated, in terms of domestic violence, mm-hmm. in terms of rape and allegations of how they're not believed and how we're... A whole bunch of stuff. We can go through that again, again on another episode. Mm-hmm. But calling a black woman queen, um, I mean, we talked about this before. Like I, the last time I, I told a call a black woman queen, um, I happened to be a prostitute that I saw. Um, we work on a, in an area where it's like there's just a lot of, of prostitution going on there, and it's just a, it's just an issue that we have to do that we have to face it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a complicated issue to deal with. But me saying that little thing to her, saying, like, you know, have a good night, queen, be safe, instead of just looking at her like, oh, you whore, blah, 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 ridiculing her, whatever. Like, I don't know her story. I don't know her, like, what she's going through. I don't know if she's trying to get out. I don't know what it is. But I know demeaning her and degrading her in that moment isn't going to do a goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. So uplifting my queens Mm -hmm. is what I choose to do because I choose to be a positive light in people's lives rather than a negative cloud mm-hmm. hanging over them. Mm-hmm. So that's just me. And I would say the same thing for black men, and the reason why I call them kings is because I do want, because y'all been through some shit as well. And I was just thinking about when you were talking, it's like, what would it be like to know that you can not protect your family? You cannot protect your wife. You can't yeah. do shit about it or you would die. Like, how would that feel? That powerlessness and that helplessness. You know, like that's crazy. So I do want to uplift my kings and say that I'm there for you. You know, 
because I love my people. I love my black men. I love my black women. I love my people. Yeah. You know? And it's like, we do need to uplift each other and stop tearing each other down. And even in the woke, which I do not, I do not identify anymore because it has so many controversial things in it. But, um, but yeah, even in the woke community, like we're still tearing each other down because of the differences and like the different levels of wokeness. And it's not even like levels as in high and low. It's more like linear. Like they're just different that's, levels. That's my problem with being woke. Two well, two problems I have with it. One, being woke don't mean shit. You could be awake. You could wake your ass up every morning and then not get out of bed. Mm-hmm. So all that talk, 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 talk is cool. When are we going to get to some action? I mean, actual positive action. Not no destructive BS where we just hurting each other or tearing each other down. Mm-hmm. That's my first problem. The other problem with being woke is everybody wants to be woke just to be woke for the sake of being woke and not elevating others. Like, you're supposed to be woke in order to elevate others so that they can do stuff and that we can all do things as a mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. So, just saying you're woke, like, it's not a fad. It's not like, oh, oh cool, I know something. Like, Nah, that's not where it ends. So on this wokeness, um, I am pro gay rights. If for you, sure. If and if you, you're not, if like, you're hey. not, like, okay, let me tell you the basic reason why I am. There's so many other facets to it, but let me say the basic reason. I have been through shit. Word. As a minority, Empathy, as someone who's who's against the norm, and it's like. To go discriminate against somebody else when I know what discrimination feels like. Like, why do you care? <laughs> like, like again, no. so many different things. So, when this episode is about the black man and the black woman, this is not meant to be a heteronormative conversation. Exactly. Exactly. It's just more of this is how black culture and black society, black America has grown up. So, even if you may identify as among the LGBTQ community, you may still have these. These gender perspectives and these yeah. narratives within you, like we yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do not want to exclude, um, you know, the LGBT community, the Black LGBT community in this conversation. Um, they never should be. Yeah, know? but with that, Black love is Black love, and if you want to fight me on this whole. Oh, it's a part of the man's agenda to make them homosexual. There's plenty of you black heterosexual motherfuckers who are not taking care of your children, who either have them in the house and ain't doing shit, or you dropping them off on somebody's door, and then they're going through trauma in and of itself. So don't give me that bullshit, okay? Yeah, that's not an excuse. Like, Like, that's (laughs) not. And don't bring up religion. Stop it. Like... So just, I don't even want to get into that. Episode, yeah, yeah, another episode. Another up, episode. Like, don't do it. So when I say black love, <laughs> I mean that black man with that black man. I mean that black woman with that black woman. I mean the black trans with whoever, <laughs> however you identify. If you black, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> there we okay. go. Okay. Does that, does that uh, clear it up for y'all? Right. <laughs> and then let me, <laughs> we got a few more minutes, but, and this probably will be another episode. Yeah, we got, like I said, we, yeah. we racking them up. But I will say that. I cherish, I embrace, I support black love. Mm. If you're asking me if that means I'm against something else, all I will say is that I have a commitment to my culture. And in order to get rid of this brainwash mentality and these centuries of historical trauma that has been passed on through the generations, I need to focus on us. I do not have any more effort nor energy to focus on anything else that we got going on. But breaking that brainwash mentality and waking us up so that we accept love and take pride in our blackness and each other, that's what I'm about. I think we should just end on that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. Drop the mic on that one. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> that was kind of deep. I, it was just, you know, the way I feel. You know, these are the things that I think about. So, <laughs> so it's so real, y'all. Hey, with your girl Rocky and my boy O. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for coming out and listening. Um, you can catch us on Facebook. It's so real. IG, it's we so on there real. too. Don't forget to check out the SoundCloud where we will be posting the podcast. It's so real. And when I say it's so real, I mean I T S S O U L. That's so real. baby. So real. <laughs> but uh 
But yeah, any last things? Nah, man. I, I actually want to end on that. I want, right. I want y'all listening to think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have like plenty of other oh, idea yeah. accounts just, and stuff. Just so but... you know, yeah. It's just we have so many ideas. We have so mm-hmm. many things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Really excited to talk with y'all mm-hmm. and have y'all involved in this conversation with us. So yeah, man. It's all love. And then if there is a controversy. Because I'm very controversial. <laughs> um, you know, leave a comment. Come with respect, even though don't know how respectful I was in this I video. mean, like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be honest. Like, if you don't come with respect, I mean, you're probably not going to get a response. Or if you do, True. you're going to get a disrespectful response. <laughs> <laughs> Just know what you're coming into. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, to have the conversation... So that we can build each other up, but yeah, that's that's the point. So yeah. don't you know if you're doing if you're gonna make a comment if you want to be part of the conversation, mm-hmm. come with the intent of actually connecting and not with the intent of you know just lashing out because that you can do on your own. I mean that's not gonna actually get us anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Point is to actually connect, understand, and accept. Mm-hmm. We always have to agree. Connect. Understand and accept. accept. Bam. Just like that. Mm. Deep stuff. Deep stuff. All right, y'all. It's been a beautiful time with you. Thank you for joining us on It's So Real. Understand that these are the things that I think about. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. We out.